Welcome to the Lotus Flower Podcast. I am your host, Anna Butner, and today we're going to jump into the DMs part nine. Now, huh, my gals, my gals, my gals, my gals are killing me. <laughs> but please keep the letters coming. It's just, for me, it shows how much our girls our young girls don't have people talking to them about sex, talking to them about relationships, talking to them about self-worth, talking to them about confidence, about self-esteem, about how to love yourself, about how to value yourself, talking to them about life in general. I mean, we literally have girls out here just in the dark, figuring shit out on their own, nobody to talk to. And it seems also like a lot of these young girls don't have trusted persons. Like there's no trusted person in their life that they can go sit down with and be honest with. Someone they can sit down with and be vulnerable with. Someone they can sit down with and just share knowing that the information will not leave there. Someone they can trust. Someone they think is honest and sincere. Girls don't have that. So without that outlet, they're literally left out here to figure out life on their own, bumping into walls, falling over themselves, learning hard lessons because nobody's there to guide them. Mothers, we have to do better. Older sisters, we have to do better. Cousins, come on. Let's take out our nieces. Let's take out our daughters. Let's take out our younger sisters. Let's take out our friends. Sit down with them and seriously ask, how are you doing? What's going on in your life? So that these girls can share and we can help guide them. At the end of the day, the decision is yours to make. All we could do is give you advice from our own experiences from other people's experiences and from our wisdom. But we got to do better, y'all. The letters that are coming in, that's basically my takeaway, is that we have a bunch of young Gambian, Senegambian girls who don't have anybody to talk to. Let's get into it. First letter reads, Hello, Anna. I follow your podcast and I love it. Thank you for that, though. I'm in a situation right now. I'm a young, beautiful girl in her early 20s, and I've been married for almost four years now. I have the best husband in the world, but he's in Europe. He takes good care of me. I live in his home, and he bought me a luxury car. I love him so much. He's caring, loving, and everything I ask for in a man. And the sex is great. But my weakness comes in when I did a course with one boy. Ho, ho, it's always one boy. By the way, I am a university student studying public administration. This guy became my friend. And anytime I needed something or help with schoolwork, he's always there. But he graduated. We became really close friends and he talks to me every day even though he knows I'm married. We became emotionally attached and vibed so well. We talk about almost everything, his relationship and other stuff he's dating at the time. 
We meet up from time to time and we enjoy each other's company. Nothing intimate though. I'm very conscious when I'm around him. I always feel guilty, but I cannot resist him. But wallahi, nothing ever happened between us because I've never let, I will never break my husband's heart. He respects my decision as well. We hang out, talk, eat, have fun, and go home. And the conversation continues till we sleep. I wake up to his good morning messages, even though my husband does all of that. But it's different. My husband and I talk every day. But sometimes the conversation is not as I want it to be because he's working and he's busy all the time. So when his boy came in the pic, this boy came in the picture and giving me all the time and company I need, I liked him. And I think I'm in love with him. Ho ho. <laughs> okay. Um, I cannot stop thinking about him. I just want us to be normal friends, but he now wants more. And that's when it happened. I told him I cannot cheat on my husband and he got mad saying I'm hurting him um, and, and his emotions. Um, he said that he's in love with me and he thought that I had the same feelings for him and now he's heartbroken. He blocked me on every platform and I cannot stop thinking about him. I trust no one with this. I can't tell anyone. So please give me good advice. <sighs> that was a long letter. Um, but you know, Gambians were very long winded. So I get it. My sister, thank you for sharing. And I want to start by saying that. Unfortunately, you have to respect his decision and cut all ties. As a married woman, you are not available for the kind of relationship that he's looking for. You need to ask your husband to come and visit you more often because you clearly are craving male attention and company and affection. Okay? Your husband, you said, is amazing. He's wonderful. He calls you. The sex is great. Y'all are in love. He bought you a house. He bought you a luxury car. He sends you money, but guess what? He's not physically there. So with all that said, you still need a warm body. You still need to be able to look somebody in the eye. You still are craving tete-a-tete conversations. You know what I'm saying? Mano y mano, me and you look in each other's eyes and have a conversation. You are craving to be touched. You are craving company and you don't have that. So you need to talk to your husband so that your husband can come more often to visit you. As far as this man is concerned, you've got to let him go. He's blocked you because he's heartbroken. He actually thought that this was going to go somewhere. Y'all are spending so much time together. You in love. He's falling in love with you. And of course, at some point, he's going to want more than just sitting and talking, helping you with school, going places. No, he's going to want to hug you. He's going to want to kiss you. He's going to want to get inside of you and be intimate with you. But you can't give him that because you have a husband. I understand it's a long distance marriage. I'm not sure why my Gambian people love their long distance marriages, but hey, I'm not here to judge. 
It is what it is. Those that leave Gambia and go, but want to come back and get wives in Gambia, you have to understand that you need to make efforts to show up to see your wife as often as possible. Every three months, if you can. Every two months, if you can. And I'm sure you're like, come on, sis. You know how it is in the West. You might be lucky if you get two weeks a year. You might be lucky if you get three weeks a year. But you also cannot marry somebody, sit them down in Gambia, and expect to see them just two weeks in the year while you're filing the paperwork. I'm sure you're filing the paperwork because you want your wife to be with you. Of course. But in the meantime, in between time, body no be firewood. Okay? Your wife needs to be touched. Your wife is craving hugs. Your wife is craving a hard dick inside her vagina. Your wife wants to orgasm. Your wife wants to feel your hot breath down her neck while you're fucking her. And she also misses your company. You're always at work. Even when you call her, it's a, hi, baby, just checking on you. I'm sorry, I got a clock in. Hi, baby, I'm on my lunch break, but I'm wrapping up. I'll call you back. Hi, baby, I'm on the train. I'm going home. Hey, baby, I just got home, but I'm so tired. I got to go to bed. Those are not conversations. She needs you on the phone for a good hour hour and a half talking to her, finding out how her day is, laughing with her, joking with her, also sharing fantasies. Listen, it is not easy being in a long distance marriage. It isn't. If you can make it temporary, make sure it's as short as possible. Been a three months, been a six months. But if it's going to be something longer, which unfortunately most of the time it is because filing for paperwork to get your wife over to these Western world countries can take a minute. Sir, you're going to have to make the effort to show up and see your wife more often. And same for the women. Those of you women who are sitting in the West with your husbands in Gambia, sis, you got to go visit as often as possible because guess what? He's going to be fucking somebody else. My sister... I say respect this man and his decision. Now that he has blocked you, leave him alone. Do not seek him out. Do not go look for him. Do not go try to revive this situation. Let it go. Where you need to focus your energy on is, my husband, when can you come see me? Because I need you. Simple. It's just that simple. Because if you try to go back into having a relationship with this guy, trust me, it's going to escalate so fast because he's not playing with you. He want to fuck you. Point blank in the period. So figure that out. All right, let's get into this next uh, letter. And it reads, hey, big sis. Hey, little sis. It says, I'm writing to you because I had the worst and most shocking thing happen to me this school year. I am a 17 year old boy and I got, and I got to, and I go to the same school as my girlfriend. Okay. We have been dating for three years. We have been sexually active for a year and we are each other's first. We went on a school trip and our senior with our senior class. And it was the first opportunity we've ever had to be away together. I already knew who my roommate was going to be and I talked to him before we left for the trip that I would be sleeping with my girlfriend in our room for one night. He agreed right away and my girlfriend also told her roommate 
and she was cool with us swapping roommates for one night. I'm not sure how word got out, but on the night that we got to stay in the same room, one of the teachers videotaped our lovemaking session. The following morning, the teacher came to me and pulled me aside for a conversation. I was nervous and thought that he found out my girlfriend slept in my room, but instead he showed me a video of my girlfriend on top of me riding me. He only played a few seconds of the video and said that if I don't want him to share the video with the principal, I will have to pay him. I was so angry, but I didn't want either of us to get suspended or expelled, especially because it was our senior year. I gave him all the money I had on me and asked him to delete it. Two weeks after returning back to school, he cornered me in the hallway and asked me for more money. He informed me that he didn't delete the video footage of me and my girlfriend being intimate on the school trip and threatened to share it with the school administration if I didn't pay him again. I knew this would not go away and he will continue to blackmail me. I had not told my girlfriend about any of this, but I knew it was time to tell her. After telling her, we both went to the teacher to plead our case and his solution was telling my girlfriend to sleep with him just once and he will erase the footage. My girlfriend told her mom, who is a white woman, and she's involved with the cops. He got arrested and the school fired him. Nobody ever saw the video and we are now in Canada together for college. Our male teachers are the worst. I am glad my girlfriend's mom is white and they have open conversations about sex. If she had a Gambian mom, the outcome would have been completely different. You know what? I agree with you completely, my, my friend. First of all, this is the message that came in from the boyfriend. So when you said, hi, big sis, I, I should have said, hi, big little bro. So this is the, the message that was written by the boyfriend. And I completely 100% agree with you that if this happened to a girl who had a Gambian mom, first of all, she would have rather die than go and tell the mom that she was having sex with her boyfriend and a teacher videoed them and has been blackmailing them. We again need to be more open to our daughters and talk to them and allow them to share what is actually happening in their lives. This white mom was not playing. This white mom went straight to the motherfucking cops and said, what you're not going to do is blackmail my motherfucking underage daughter having sex with her boyfriend. And that, that man got arrested. That teacher got arrested. And that's how it should be. Thank you so much for sharing this story. I mean, I literally don't have anything to add. But to say, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm, I agree with you that if it was a Gambian mom, the outcome would have been completely different. She probably would have been yelled at. That's if she even had the, the courage to show up to the mom and share such a story. Just the fact that she's having sex would have been like, Wuyayu is the end of the world. My daughter is a slut. My daughter is a prostitute. My daughter is a chaga. She's having sex. That would have been the focus instead of the fact that she was in a situation where she was being blackmailed. And worst of all, the stupid teacher asked 
if he could sleep with the little girl. God damn, what is wrong with us? Like, what is happening in our society? So you think if my girlfriend sleeps with you, you're got, you would not erase the, 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 the tape. And what an ask. Like, this is an underage girl. You could get locked up for that. But you know what? Nobody knows the rules. And we live in a country where, to be honest, is lawlessness everywhere. So, uh, sir, young man, thank you so much for sharing this story. I hope for the mothers that are listening, you learn from this. Please, please, please talk to your daughters. Talk to your nieces. Talk to the young women in your lives. And don't be so quick to punish them. Don't be so quick to judge them. But keep an open mind and help guide them. That's what they need. All right. We're going to go into this next story. And it goes, hey, big sis. I'm writing because I saw a post on the Gambia Shade Room a while back in April. And it felt like the person was sharing my story. It was a story about a young Gambian boy not being able to go to college because he tested positive for HIV, which he contracted from his girlfriend. Apparently, the girlfriend knew she was positive and didn't tell him. I, too, went through a similar experience. I was in Form 6 and had gotten accepted to a college in Europe. I am not specifying the country and school I got accepted to because I don't want people to figure out my identity. I say this um, because I was one of the few boys that didn't leave for college that year when everyone knew I was accepted. I was dating a beautiful young lady and we had dated for over six months. She kept saying she was not ready to have sex and I never pressured her. Around the fourth month, she said she felt like my intentions with her were genuine and she felt like she could trust me. We decided to go and get tested as you always advise in your episodes and to both our shock and disbelief, we tested positive for HIV. We looked at each other knowing we did not have sex nor did we engage in any oral sex. We were asked to inform our most recent sexual partners and in writing down our list, we both realized that we had recent ex-boyfriend. We both realized that her recent ex-boyfriend and my recent ex-girlfriend were together before us. After contacting them both individually, they both tested positive. Jesus. They also had to inform their most recent sexual partners. Needless to say, none of us got to go abroad for our university and college education. My girlfriend and I stayed together and both our parents took us to Senegal for further testing and medication treatment. We don't have warnings about HIV, but it's in our country, in our communities, in our schools, and in our homes. My girlfriend and I are learning how to live with the disease and we know it's not a death sentence. Only my parents know, not even our siblings. Only our parents know, not even our siblings. I want to thank Shade Room for posting that message as a warning to all young Gambians like myself and my girlfriend. 
If you have HIV, you can take care of yourself. Talk to a healthcare provider. Start taking HIV treatment right away. If one, if one of the, it's one of the most important steps you can take. That's because HIV damages your immune system by raising your viral load and lowering your CD4 count. Wow. Um, so this was the message from this young man. Um, and the last sentence he wrote says, don't walk around thinking it will never happen to me. Well, let that be a warning to all the young people out there. This was a young couple um, in high school getting ready for college. They both applied to colleges. They both got accepted. Four months into dating with no oral sex and no intercourse, they decided to go and get tested as Auntie Anna is always advocating. Sister Anna is always advocating, please get tested before you get intimate so you're both aware of your status when it comes to STDs and STIs. Well, four months into dating, they went to get tested and to both their shock and disbelief, they both tested HIV positive. And in tracing their sexu past sexual partners, they, they realized that both their exes were together before they were with them, right? Um, and those two tested positive. Now, I'm sure those two were with other people as they trace their ex-sexual partners as well. And only God knows how long this chain goes and how many people are going to get tested, are going to test positive. Um, but good thing is they both were able to tell their parents. Their parents clearly have the means to take them to Senegal for further testing, for medication, and they're both living with the disease and the couple is still together. Um, it is very important to know your status. I did a whole campaign about testing before you get married, about testing while you're in your marriages, testing while you're in your relationships. Just try and get tested at least once a year. It's good to know your status. If you have something, you could take medication to cure it. If you have something that's not curable, like HIV, you can get on medication and you can live with the disease. As he clearly said, it's not a death sentence. Again, people, I am here to share the stories that are shared with me. And this was one of them. So I hope you take heed um, for the young people, the people that are in their marriages, the middle-aged people, the older people, because HIV does not discriminate, my people. HIV does not care that you're 75 and you're out here running around cheating on your wife. You will get it. HIV does not care that you are lonely, middle-aged woman and you're fucking your driver or the gardener or the pool guy or whoever. If you're having unprotected sex, you need to make sure that you're getting tested. Um, point blank in the period. Oh, so I was, I was not expecting that. Um, thank you very much, young man, for sharing. I definitely appreciate your honesty. And also, as he said, um, thank you to the shade room 
for posting the message that they posted back in April. Um, because he said he read that post and thought, oh my God, it feels like these people are talking about me. So I think we can stop here for episode nine and we will get into episode 10 next. And as I shared, that will be our last episode. And from there, we will start our lambing series. Thank you for listening.